I'm Andrew. And I'm Jessica. And this is Swimcast. Episode two. We made it to episode two. We did. I thought I was going to crawl out of my skin after hearing episode one. I'm not used to hearing my own voice, but we'll Well, power through. (laughs) As I explained to you, it's all about bone resonance. I know. I have more gravitas when I hear my own voice in my head. Exactly. Everyone does. Everyone does. When you're speaking, you're hearing the resonance of the words in your bones, in in your head. So you're much bassier in your own head. But that's why it always sounds weird when you hear your recorded voice and it sounds a little thinner. You've heard that before, but you were okay with this. You're, yeah. you're feeling comfortable yeah. with this. Because, like, because it's a completely different person on the recording, I can dissociate myself from it. Because I was like, <laughs> no one can take that person seriously. But luckily this is not a serious endeavor, so we're good. Yes. And it's all due to bone resonance. Science. Yes, I just like saying bone resonance. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Well, for those of you joining us newly in episode two, the premise of this podcast is that I make Andrew watch teen girl movies from the 90s that I would have been a fan of as a teenager and that he would have missed. Because I was a grown-ass man living in Japan. I wasn't even in the country at the time. And this time... We're doing it with 10% more organization. So you might not notice like strange cuts in between because we're actually going to stay on topic, right? Yes, yes. So it'll probably flow a little better. That's the idea. We'll see how how it pans out. It's been a few weeks since we last got together because Mm -hmm. you've been away. Yeah, I was in Mexico with my parents for two weeks. And how was that? That's pretty good. I mean, I'm not going to sneeze at a free trip to Mexico, that's for sure. Well, the one thing that I'm super happy is that Jessica did not come back with braided, beaded hair. That's true, but I might have come back with like some sort of dengue virus or parasite of some sort, but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) What are the symptoms? I'm not sure. <laughs> why do you well, think you why do you think you're infected? Do we want to have diarrhea talk on this podcast so soon? <laughs> moving on. Moving on. We're not going there today. <laughs> well, that's uh that's good, but in general, you did okay uh yeah, in no, it Mexico. Was, it was good. It was like visiting my parents at home. It's just I have to go to the grocery store with my mom, carry the groceries. <laughs> But in in a much hotter and humid climate. And how are the sunburns going? I did well. I just got one little sunburn on the last day. Otherwise, generally I'm allergic to the sun and I just like lobsterify from head to toe. But I can so relate because I have two tones. I have my wasp white and I have my lobster red. And I kind of go between those two. And uh, I did spend a month on the beach many years ago trying to get a tan. All I did was end up covered in freckles. And in the pictures, I just look like I'm dirty. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty freckly, actually. That's my, my skin state after two weeks in the sun. <laughs> now I try not to burn myself. <laughs> yeah, SPF 100 everywhere. <laughs> so what have you been up to? Oh, 
not nothing as exciting as going to Mexico, but uh, Caroline and I did go for his and her facials yesterday. So my skin is breathing much better now. You do look very radiant. Andrew. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it reminds me, I need a facial. I gotta make that appointment for sure. Today's movie is going to be Can't Hardly Wait from 1998. From what I can remember of this movie, the plot is a huge house party either at or post-graduation with like the jocks, the nerds, the cool kids, the stoners, and Ethan Embry trying to make Jennifer Love Hewitt fall in love with him. That's, that's all I really remember about this one. Oh, so Jennifer Love Hewitt's in the movie? I am in. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I'll have to see because I guess she's technically a teenager. She's she's probably an adult. Usually they were when they right. filmed these movies. Okay. But she I am more pre familiar. Ghost Whisperer. Yes, I, I was a big fan of the Ghost Whisperer series. <laughs> I watched a lot of that show, which is I would not watch it if it wasn't for Jennifer Love Hewitt. Fair. So. The plot of this movie, is it basically the plot of the last movie? Well, the last movie did have a giant house party with uh, yes. Bogey Lowenstein. Yes. Where, like, everybody went. So, I mean, I think that's a pretty pretty common trope of the teen movies, like the wild house party. Okay. So, we were talking a little before we started here about you didn't believe these kind of house parties actually exist. You think they're just something invented by the movies. Absolutely. When I was in high school, like the only like parties I went to were just my circle of friends in somebody's basement, really low key. Somebody got their parent to buy the alcohol or <laughs> or their older brother. Or their older brother. Oh yeah, no, we had one friend who was like a year or two older. He usually supplied us and then we just like sat in someone's basement or garage. Like I don't even think music was involved usually. Wow. Or sometimes we just like hung out in a field. Field parties, yes. <laughs> yeah. That that was a thing, because I grew up in Ontario and uh, field parties were a thing. Where here in British Columbia, bush parties are the equivalent because- We have uh, more bushes. Well, yeah. <laughs> in the interior of British Columbia, oh. I hear people talking about bush parties the way I would have gone to a field party. All of these things are like from the East and yes. I, they're unfamiliar to me. <laughs> well, I'm also, sorry to hear that you didn't get to go to cool parties because I disagree with you. I think that the kind of parties shown in the movie, while a little bit exaggerated, there were cool parties where a friend of a friend told everybody else that there was going to be a party at somebody's house and the house was overrun with teenagers of all social groups. Was there a until, keg? Uh, keg, no, nobody, no, kegs, that's an American thing. Oh, okay. That's an American movie thing. Nobody had a keg, it was always two fours. Oh. But a two four a beer. Oh yeah. That may be a Canadian thing calling it a 2-4, but 24 beers, that's a 2-4. That's an Ontario thing. I've heard okay, that. Yeah. yes, because Ontario also has the beer store. The beer where store. You, if you want beer, you have to go to the government beer store, and it's called the beer store. Yeah. So, yes, I did go to parties that were similar to the parties that we're seeing in these movies, where there was some rich kid who had a big, huge house party, and I remember one party I went to, 
They even had the band Teenage Head, which at the time I just thought of a, a band name, now somewhat problematic <laughs> as, a, as a band name. The 80s uh, were a wild time. Yeah, they, oh, they were very wild. <laughs> oh my God, was there cocaine at these parties? No, there was not cocaine. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> these were mostly beer drinking teen parties. <laughs> Maybe some smokables, but that never changes. Yeah, that yeah, exactly. But yes, the the there was a live band, and this was a band that had a couple records and were touring uh, certainly around Canada. The band Teenage Head, and they were playing live at this party, which was pretty mind blowing. I, I I was quite impressed at the time. I'm impressed that you went to parties that had the space for a live band. Oh. This is Ontario and Fields, and uh, the family was a well-off family. Even the house was probably about a quarter mile back off of the main road. Like, this was a wealthy family, a very nice house. The parents were actually there and just making sure Whoa. that the kids did not come inside. <laughs> they were not regular parents, they were cool parents. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, should we get into it? Let's do it. Let's watch this movie, which I uh, I will admit I have never seen this movie. This is the first time viewing for me. And I probably haven't seen it since the 90s. So, yeah, let's get to it. Okay. Yeah, we'll be back at you. Yes. As soon as Jessica puts down that pen. Sorry. <laughs> it's ASMR. <laughs> I hope somebody got excited there. <laughs> back now we've just finished the movie so did you like it actually uh i did like the movie it could pass as an 80s teen movie for uh, i think there really wasn't a big difference between an 80s teen out of control rager and an early 90s out of control rager how about you like I said before, I hadn't seen this probably since the 90s. I think I actually enjoyed it more than 10 Things I Hate About You, which is shocking to me because in my in my memory, 10 Things I Hate About You was so treasured. And this one was just kind of, I remembered it existed. Okay, comparing the two movies, I did like this one more, mostly because I recognize more people from it, like Seth Green. <laughs> As opposed to the other movie with this unknown actor, Heath Ledger. Yeah, who's that guy? Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I hadn't seen him before. So yeah, like you were saying, an 80s teen rager, 90s teen rager, pretty much the same. So it touched on a lot of the standard tropes of a teen movie. Obviously the huge rager party. What else did you note while we were watching? Some of the strange things uh, that stood out for me were the high school graduation wearing gowns and caps. This is not not something I remember growing up. You just wore a suit and you went up on stage and got your high school diploma. Gowns and caps was a, a university thing. 
I had gowns. I don't think I oh, had caps really? for university, but I had gowns for high school and then gra- a gown and a cap for university. I oh, I'm, can't even remember if I had a cap. Definitely a gown finishing university, but high school? No. Wasn't an Ontario thing. Yeah, or maybe it wasn't an 80s thing. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. Could be. <laughs> did you graduate high school in the 80s? Oh, you did. Yes. Oh, you did. <laughs> Very much so. The, another stereotype of the movie is the hot new girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. So the new girl comes to town and everybody's obsessed with the new girl. Yeah, and then obviously there's the nerds and the jocks, like the the Mike Dexter character, obviously textbook jock asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It it was weird because at the beginning, he seemed really cool, and then he acted really wimpy later on in the movie. Well, they always have to get their comeuppance, like the the jock asshole's never the the hero of the movie. It's always kind of like the... The loner, kind of nerdy artist kid who gets the girl in the end. That kind of happened in 10 Things, too, with the Joseph Gordon-Levitt character. Which bears no resemblance to reality. (laughs) (laughs) This is 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 a a nerdy film writer's fantasy (laughs) because he never got the hot girl. So he's going to write a movie where the nerd gets the hot girl. This is all of the 70s, 80s, 90s movies. That's true. And then it's been replaced in more recent times by like, obviously like female writers writing themselves into lame fantasies, such as like the Twilight series. (laughs) And then the the Twilight was fanfic, wasn't it? No, 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 no. Twilight was a thing. And then Fifty Shades of Grey is fanfic of of Twilight. Twilight. Coincidentally, Mike Dexter, vampire dad from the Twilight movies. Nice. I think I've sat through one of the Twilight movies. Caroline made me watch oh, that. Oh, they're hysterical. We're going to have to put them on the oh. list for a later podcast. The whole series. <laughs> oh, if you didn't hear that, Caroline said that she will participate <laughs> in a Twilight Oh, they're so watching. bad. But okay. Yes, they are so bad. I'm going to uh, quietly flip over my paper and add that to our list. Oh, no. Uh, one of the other tropes I found was the... Um, sorry, I'm quietly turning over my paper. <laughs> I <laughs> Was the, the film... The filmmaking style, so the beginning, like, introing all the characters with, like, their yearbook picture and, like, their quote and, like, the high school clubs they were in. Oh, the geeky guy doing a full aside to the camera. Oh, yeah. When when he's in the basement of his house with his dioramas and stuff, speaking directly to the camera, telling the backstory. Because I guess they needed a way to, how do you, how do you communicate this backstory? Why don't we just have the main guy break the fourth wall and talk to the camera. Yes. So was that the nerdy guy who was yes, seeking who revenge? Became, or the, the main became, character? He, he wanted revenge. Yes. Oh, okay. That guy. So then the other nerdy guy, main character, <laughs> the Ethan Embry character is sort of the wide-eyed, love-struck one. Oh. He, he broke the fourth wall and he had inner monologues. There was a lot of that. I was like, which narrative device are they going to stick to? Are they just going to pick one? I guess that's why it only got like 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, different kind of... He was... Uh, 
I didn't really think of him as a nerd. I don't know what to describe him because the nerd was very well defined. It was the yeah. the Star Trek, and Star, Star Trek, Wars. and and. Uh, oh, why can't I remember the name of the TV series? The X Files. Yes, they were all totally into the X Files. Yeah, the T-shirts. David like, caught the reference. references. Yeah, that was a super '90s reference. Yeah, the, yeah. the truth is out there. The exactly, t-shirt. exactly. Totally love the X Files. Yeah. <laughs> ah, here's a tip too. I was actually an extra in one episode of the X Files. What? Yes, I did extra work in the 90s. Oh, I totally forgot about that. I I did know that. That's amazing. Did you meet David Duchovny? Absolutely not. (laughs) Did you meet Gillian Anderson? No, not at all. I don't even know. I was almost going to like degrees of separation myself via you, via Gillian Anderson to like other stuff she's been in recently. No. An extra for the listener is the lowest rung on the totem pole on a film set. A film set is very hierarchical. Hierarchical. Higher. <laughs> Say it. Hierarchical. Hierarchical. <laughs> or something like that. Uh, yes, it's very stratified. How about oh. that? That makes me sad because I've heard stories of like sometimes the stars are like really friendly and they'll make chit chat. Maybe if you're a bit actor or something. But if not you're if you're David Duchovny in the 90s. <laughs> like post Red Shoe Diaries, David Duchovny. <laughs> <laughs> no, extras were the lowest rung. When we weren't on the set, we would be kind of marched over to an area called Extras Holding. Oh no. <laughs> Talk about a cattle pen. <laughs> so. I didn't even see them in the shot. They may not have even been in the shot. It may have just might... been an establishing scene in an office. So I was just an office worker way in the background. Were you visible on the show? I don't even Is think X-Files I was on visible. Netflix? Oh, I, was I don't I don't you. I don't even know what episode it was. Uh, I'm trying to think there were a couple other TV shows was Hercules. Was it set in in modern times? Um, it had, I think it had was some... It, was it Hercules or some other... There was uh, Hercules and, like, young Who was his name? Kevin Sorbo? Yes. Was that Hercules? That's Hercules. Huh? Are you talking about Andromeda? No, it, well, no, it wasn't Andromeda. He was in some other series yeah. where he was a big, strong guy. Yeah. Hercules. And I was in the Metro Town bookstore doing extra work for that series. What? Because the Hercules... Sandra I Barnhart was in that episode. Yes. I do remember there was a series like she was on... a book writer and I and I was there as a fan of her as a book writer in the crowd. That is wild. I was obsessed <laughs> with that show because like Hercules and Xena, there was a few episodes where like inexplicably there was time travel to modern day. Maybe maybe that was explains filmed in it. Vancouver? A lot of things were filmed in Vancouver. Yeah, but that one like it was a lot of exter anyways. Off topic, but I, yes. my mind is blown. Okay. <laughs> and also giving me idea for like a spin-off like Xena Warrior Princess podcast. <laughs> when I was was it when I was unemployed? I watched the entire series of Xena Warrior Princess and there was a ton of stuff I'd forgotten, like the late seasons where like they went to like China. Wow. It was so it was so weird. Okay, I never was that big on on Xena, so uh <laughs> We'll see. We'll see if that podcast ever 
happens. (laughs) But we digress. Oh, yes, we've totally lost uh, the thread. We've gotten off track. What do we do? We've gotten off track. Oh, no. We've gotten off track. Let's reel it in. Gotta get back on track. Too sweet. Oh, what other things? Oh, other stereotypes of the party. The the house party band. Uh, (laughs) Going back to what I said of being at a house party where there was a live band who was actually good. They they were professional professional band. They they were Love Burger, like they were in this movie. Yes. And the fact that this was their first gig. Right, and the guy carrying the amp through the party. We both had a good laugh at that because that was like (laughs) shot per shot of the last movie. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, the fact that this was their first gig was this house party. And they couldn't even get it together. The band broke up before anyone even played an instrument. Not even one guitar string was plucked. It was so <laughs> that weird. That was true. Oh, and the exchange student teaching, teaching an exchange student. You stole my bit. Exchange student was totally my fun. <laughs> oh, well, it was for me too. Yeah. Because yeah. I think I may have helped in pranking an exchange student. When I was a teenager, because I was yeah. horrible. I'm trying to think. Like, I think I can definitely think of another teen movie example with like exchange student plot lines. <laughs> yes, bit of a trope. It's a trope for sure. At the party, Amanda shows up. Music gets quiet. Record scratch. Record scratch. <laughs> Soft focus lens. Yeah. So we know. She is the hot girl. The hot girl that everybody desires. Oh, yeah. speaking of which, did you have any cute boys? Yes. So what? Like, <laughs> big time. Um, the exchange student for one. This is from like Sweden what? or Germany or something. It's very good. Because he was tall. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because tall. Okay. <laughs> In my memory, I remember thinking that Ethan Embry character, I can't even remember his name. Oh, Preston in the movie. I was like, in my memory, it's like, oh, he was so cute and adorable. This just kind of gives some serious creepy vibes. Like, there were some things. And the HD and... is not kind to him. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would have seen this on VHS and now on Netflix in higher definition. Yeah, it's not, his, his non teenageness showed quite a bit. Yes. As the hairline, not not so friendly. To, I was like, you're, you're supposed to be 18. <laughs> and some of the things he says and does are a little, uh, yeah, kind of rude when he's talking to Jenna Elfman. He He's almost creepy, dangerous, aggressive. Yeah. And that's a bit, ugh. Yeah. 90s. <laughs> yeah. Also, I have to say, the Mike Dexter character, also hot, even though the worst. <laughs> Wait, which the jock. Really? The yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Okay, fine. Also, okay. <laughs> also, I wrote down, and this is going to come as a shocker, 
So the last one I wrote down, and this is a weird one, is that redhead kid who was the klepto kid. <laughs> Not in this film. So it's, I remember him from like all of the teen movies. He was like the Shermanator in the American Pie series. Oh. He was the kid that had to eat the pubes and cheese, all that. We're going to get to this. Oh. <laughs> but I Googled him on his IMDb page as... He has grown up. He looks like a ginger Benedict Cumberbatch, and I can I can get behind that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. So, yes. what about you? Obviously, oh. Jennifer Love Hewitt. You've already expressed your uh, enthusiasm. Okay. This was this was pre. That was pre movie. Pre movie. Pre movie. Now post movie. This may surprise you, but I was uh, a hard no. Really? No, she's a teenage girl. Even with her giant eyes. Eyes? Eyes. That's, that's not a euphemism. <laughs> okay. That's all I could focus eyes. on were like her she's, giant doe eyes. She's a cute teen girl, but she's a teen girl. So I was like, mm, nope. no, <laughs> got to wait for Ghost Whisperer. <laughs> that I was all over. No. Okay. The person who was interesting in the movie, which is a surprise to me, was Jenna Elfman. Because oh, yeah. I did not like her in Darwin whatever. And Greg. I could not watch that show. That was. Uh, <laughs> She's also a Scientologist. Oh. Is she still? I don't know. I don't think she's a thing even still. I think she she's had some sitcom that like got canceled before it aired like a couple years ago. But I just am realizing why she was in the movie because she is married to, I want to say, the guy that was the singer in the band. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Breck and Meyer. I think they were married in the 90s, I want to say. Because yeah. how how old would you say she's in this? Uh, late, late 20s? 20s? Yeah. Late 20s, yeah. So that was my... <laughs> that's more of a... That's, we were setting your age bracket. Yes, my, my, <laughs> my lower limits. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good. Always good to have... Which, oh, which brings me to a stereotype about that, where she's the stripper with the heart of gold. Yeah, and also kind of like the, like the, not even subtly, like the fairy godmother care kind of character. With, she appears, with the she gives advice, and yes. then she disappears. Mm. Yeah. But she did sit down and talk to him. Yeah. After she is annoyed with him at first. Yeah, rightly so. <laughs> he was being such a dick. Totally. Okay, the one thing I will say about this party is it's it's too diverse. There's <laughs> Agreed. Every group from high schools at this party. There can be some overlap of high school groups that don't totally get along. Yeah. But you can't have everybody yeah well, from mean, the school like the nerd kid like infiltrated because it was part of his like revenge true. plan true but i totally get what you're saying because like there was like There's seth green and his friends girls. which we'll get into how oh, problematic that, that was. is problematic yes and then there was like the actual like tough black kids right <laughs> so obviously because of what happens in the movie, like they wouldn't normally go to the same parties. Right. <laughs> yeah, like the goth girls, the yeah, some nerds, like even the like Love Burger again, that band, would they be hanging out at the same party as the football team? As the no, not. not as the football team. Yes. 
Okay, other stereotypical 80s, 90s movie type of things is the satin shirt sleazy guy. We have an, oh my God. another sleazy character. <laughs> the satin shirt was like the most 90s. I actually said a lot, satin shirt, as soon as it <laughs> appeared on the screen. Yes, I was writing it down at the time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was incredibly 90s. Well, like the look was very 90s, but like you said, the sleazy guy is a trope. Like that. Totally. Yeah. And the fact that at one point he's playing the piano for Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah. And at least he wasn't playing the acoustic guitar because we don't <laughs> play need, Wonderwall. We do not need acoustic guitar guy at the party. Luckily, we did not have that. This was post Wonderwall that could have happened. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of party PDA seemed a bit well I mean in in I think that's another like movie trope like there's always people like making out on every service in a movie but like I've never been to a party where there's that, that much. many yes yeah. it seemed a little excessive another trope is the nerd becomes cool Oh yeah. Yes. But that was actually pretty funny. Like it was, it was genuine, hilarious. The genuine LOLs I had in this movie were all that kid. <laughs> he was pretty good. I did like his journey, his hero's journey yeah. from nerd, uh, oppressed nerd, to the life of the party. Back to nerd. <laughs> Back to nerd. Yes, but he had the girls flocking him, dragging, yeah. dragging him into the. What was it, the makeout room? Well, which is funny because you just said there's people making out everywhere. So why, why do you was there need a, a room? room? <laughs> yeah, that kid, as soon as he came on screen, I was like, oh, who's that kid? He's so familiar. So I had to Google him. He's the little kid from Hook, which was like the Robin Williams Peter Pan movie from like the early 90s. Oh. Which is like, you're kind of giving me a blank stare, but that was huge I did in not... my childhood. <laughs> okay, here's a weird thing. I did not see that movie because it came out when I was actually in Japan, mm -hmm. but there was some promotional thing, and I have a photo somewhere <laughs> where I am blue screened holding onto Hook's hook. Oh, weird. Yes. And it was some setup somewhere in downtown Osaka, and uh, they were promoting the new Hook movie, and you could get a picture of yourself blue screened into a couple of different backgrounds from the Hook movie. So I have something where I'm holding on to Hook's hook. That's somewhere. crazy. Flying off to Japan? Maybe. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you I don't think you were with me at that point. That was Caroline <laughs> barely participating in this episode. She's busy. Let's get right back to the show. Oh, and on the topic of nerds, the other nerd friend has an internet girlfriend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was really ahead of its time. Like, 1998, yes. this would have been written, filmed in 97. Like, that's that was really early for, like, internet girlfriend, boyfriend. Yes, but they were the nerds on the computers. True. And that Very was true. actually mentioned, shouldn't you be at home playing on yeah. your computer? But then they're like, wow, it must be really hard dating Christy Turlington. So that's like <laughs> a very early like catfish reference. Like, nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm kind of familiar with 
the American TV shows referring to a character having the Canadian girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. So a girlfriend who is conveniently far away that you don't have to prove she exists. Oh, and the redheaded character. Oh, the the surly girl. The surly the girl who girl. doesn't doesn't like to fit in is a total Molly Ringwald clone. And she they, prepared everything. Yeah, well, because they do this in movies where they find somebody who looks like somebody else. Mm, true. And she is totally there because of her resemblance to Molly Ringwald, who was huge in 80s movies, most of which I have not seen. Also classics. <laughs> also classics, not the movies I was watching. Another trope is the letter being discarded, but magically getting transferred through a series of odd events to the exact right person that needs to see the letter, Amanda. Yeah, I don't know how, like I get it coming out of the garbage and then sticking, but then it ended up like in a bowl of peanuts. Right like, next to her. Yeah, but I mean like it would have been one thing if it like showed up at her feet, but like it moving from like, Somewhere being on the floor, like attached to people's feet, and like the beer keg to like into a bowl of peanuts. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. This is far. movie magic. Magic. And then the inept cops showing up. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing for <laughs> cops to show up to a house party and turn on the lights just to get the kids to break up and go away, but the cops actually enter the house. Everybody freeze! Every I was I right. Like, that's like... And everybody does the opposite of freezing, <laughs> runs out the back, out every window. But the fact that they were so inept, that, that's certainly a movie trope that the, the cops are incompetent at arresting a bunch of kids. Did you recognize the lead cop? No. The old kind of Italian-ish guy? At, at the party or at the jail? He was both. Oh, okay. I didn't make the connection. What is he from? You may remember him from the episode of Seinfeld where Poppy pees on the sofa. It's Poppy. Poppy. Don't remember. I watched a lot of Seinfeld, <laughs> but I didn't. Jerry gets see a new couch. All of the, I didn't see all of the Seinfeld. And then his girlfriend's dad sits Again, on his couch because I was not here. <sighs> I was such a funny bit. Now you gotta edit it out because you didn't get my reference. Anyway. No, I'm gonna leave that in. <laughs> So, you, kinda... you identified more of the tropes than I did, but I think my, like, 90s elements that we have to break down for the millennials, I had a huge list of those. You probably have a bigger list. I do have some. I do have some. The opening credits. Opening credits. Game Boy. <laughs> Game Boy, little fortune teller, paper foldy thing. Yes. Blue nail polish, like, all in, like, smash cut one, like, one to the next. And then obviously like the title sequence in Comic Sans font. Was that <laughs> was was the music Smash Mouth at the beginning? No, it was there like was generic. It way was... too much Smash Mouth in so this much. movie. I have like the first thing I wrote down in my my notes is Smash Mouth in all caps. I have it Smash Mouth times three. Times three. Here's something for the millennials. Finding out about a party by word of mouth. <laughs> and not, not by text. Fa or Facebook. Or Facebook. Or some some other thing, WhatsApp. No, yeah, no, no. I don't even know what kids these days. Totally. Kids these days. Kids these days. I don't even know. Is Snapchat? Is that how they do this? I don't know. Oh, I think even Snapchat is old. 
Yeah, I, there's probably a thing. They're that, doing it by TikTok. They're doing videos. I don't know what the. Those I don't even mean. know either. No. I feel like I need to like ask my niece or something. But yes, that's how parties got out of control. Was you told yeah. a small number of friends, I'm having a small party, and then by the magic of high school, <laughs> everybody found out, and then the kids from another high school in your same town, they found out. Or I would phone my friend Nick, as I've mentioned before. <laughs> Nick, hey, where's the parties? <laughs> and just show yeah. up. Yeah, it's word of mouth or like in the last movie, like the poster. That just post that gets that thrown was, in the staircase. That was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but it happens in TV and movies all the time. The poster. Party at Bogie Lowenstein's. I don't know, the girl whose house it was, she never got named. In the credits, she was even like, girl whose house the party, party is was at. at. Yes. <laughs> we'll uh. call her Bogie Lowenstein. Okay. <laughs> oh, what was it? Another thing that came up too was the use of a payphone. Oh, yeah. The because nobody phone. had cell phones. If, yeah. if you notice, nobody had a cell phone. Yeah. Maybe one of the existed. cool rich yeah. girl. Or was she looking at a mirror or was she holding a phone? I don't remember. Maybe it was a mirror because yeah. I th at first I thought she had an iPhone in her hand. Whoa, time but, travel. Wait, okay. <laughs> Not possible. Okay, yeah. she had a mirror. Yeah. Solved. Solved. Because I think, I mean, I think cell phones were kind of a thing, but it would only be like the super rich kids who would have had them. Like in the late 90s, because in Clueless, oh. coming soon, they had all had cell phones. Te <laughs> texting using the digits 1 to 10, 1 oh, to yeah. 9. Oh, there was no, oh, no, 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 there was still no texting. It was, it was strictly a phone. But, oh my uh, God. Yeah. At the party, when the nerd is like living his... Like ACDC fantasy, like someone is camcordering him while it's displaying on the TV. That was oh, I didn't right even there. see that. Yeah. Oh my god. And then everyone taking pictures with like flash Actual cameras. Actual flash cameras. Yes, yeah. I did. I did notice the flash cameras. Yeah. Uh, flash camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Caroline. Wind the film. No, Caroline's busting me for having a flash camera. No, for harassing some random Japanese people on the way home because I was blind drunk and Caroline was trying to get me home in Japan. This is in Japan. <laughs> uh, so Caroline's just trying to get me to the train station so we can get home. And there were some Japanese standing around because uh, they've been out for a night of drinking as well. Uh, were they businessmen? I think a couple girls and a boy. They, they were young. Anyway, they had a disposable flash camera, which was kind of a not that was a thing. Yeah, but at the time, most people had disposable cameras, yeah. but with a flash, that was kind of cool. Yeah. And in my super drunken state, well, I was I was blackout drunk for this. Yeah. Uh, in in my super drunk state, I turned to them when the flash went off and went. No. Flash camera, yeah! <laughs> you're passing them after they took the picture and, you, and then you did that. I'm probably scaring the bejesus out of them. Oh, I was waiting for like a bunch more scandalous end to that story. Because like when disposable cameras were a thing, actually one of the only big raging house parties I went to that I can remember in high school, I brought a disposable camera and then this guy who was, it was like a friend of a friend from another high school, took the camera 
into the bathroom, took pictures of his junk. So when wow. I so when I took the camera to like Shoppers Drug Mart or whatever to get it developed, they they said, um, "I'm sorry, ma'am, we could not develop this film." <laughs> you were denied a dick pic. <laughs> yes, mercifully. I think we need to go back to those days where you have like the kindly like photo developer people like looking out for you. <laughs> also, did they tell you that it was pictures of? Uh, no, I just, I just, they said it was inappropriate oh, or something. Yeah. How dare they judge? <laughs> Maybe I wanted to see pictures of some random guys drunk. They didn't know. How dare exactly. they? Exactly. No. It's gross. Sounds patriarchal to me. The patriarchy. <laughs> The, the the main 90s thing in this movie to me was like the the cast so be it either the main characters or there was so many like bit parts and I don't know if they were cameos because I can't remember if all these people were famous at the time or if they were like before they were famouses well we mentioned before the band that played at the party right this Breckenmeyer and uh guy from Clueless Donald Faison I think I'm saying his name wrong but he was on Scrubs and stuff Jerry O'Connell as like the the washed up jock from like the year the year ahead. That's a bit of a trope too, where the guy's like, I was a big man on campus and now I'm a big loser. Like Yes. <laughs> that also crosses over into problematic university student hanging out at a teen yeah. high school party, even grad. That's like what's that it? Was, what's ooh. it? Days and confused? I keep getting older, but the girls stay the same age. <laughs> We cannot watch this movie. I've I've tried to watch no, that movie. I don't like it. And I hate it so hard. I hate it too. Yes. Done. Okay, good. Check off the list. Good. Dazed and confused. Yeah, so there was Jerry Connell. We already mentioned Jenna Elfman. Selma Blair was like some girl that the jock hits on. The actress's name is Clea Duval. So she was in other 90s movies. She was in She's All That, but she's also in Veep now. Oh, one of the one of the like Seth Green's friends, the pro problematic white kids. He was yes. like in the Romeo plus Juliet Baz Luhrmann movie. So my '90s brain was just going, "Hey, it's that guy! Hey, it's that guy! Hey, it's that guy!" <laughs> but most of all, and I can't believe I forgot it was in this movie. I should just have had three words written in this whole section: Melissa Joan Hart. Right. <laughs> Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Her only function was begging people to sign her yearbook <laughs> and being really oh. Okay, oh. I'm confusing. I'm confusing no. characters. Yes, her. Uh, no, the other one. One of the popular girls. Oh, Jamie Presley? Right. Yeah. Right. So, there were, I don't know where I was going with that. Anyway. That's all right. But I think just actually the other one. Big the other, recognition of her. Yeah, one of, I think the other blonde popular girl was someone. I don't know. I mean, Seth Green. Oh, yeah, Seth Green. He, he was basically pay playing Seth Green. That's <laughs> that is the character he plays in every role yeah. in Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Whoa, Austin Powers and then Breckenmeyer was dressed like Austin Powers in the band so much. Right. Oh synergy. wow, that's crazy. Love Burger. But oh yeah, Seth Green. 
Well, I know him more because of Robot Chicken. Now, that is the kind of show yeah. I would watch. Well, yeah, and... Um, obsessively. Family Guy. He's the... one of the, Oh, he's, he plays one of the characters? Yeah, he's Chris on Family Guy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, yeah. I didn't recognize the voice. Yeah. Right, the fact that there was no mobile phones meant that there were no embarrassing videos. And as you just mentioned getting dick pic shamed (laughs) at your local drugstore when you took film in to be developed (laughs) back in the ancient times. How did they get the embarrassing photos with a Polaroid camera? (laughs) So those were all pretty bizarre things. Uh, The fact that, yeah, the kids had actual cameras. Nobody could take a video. So you could be that crazy nerd kid who becomes the cool guy and sings Aerosmith. I, or, I, I said ACDC. It was I, think the, it was, I, uh, I can't remember. What I song can't it was. remember either. But there's no embarrassing video that's going to haunt you. I just said they were filming it with the camcorder. True. But it won't be like on the internet like right. simulcast. <laughs> exactly. This is true. <laughs> oh, and in the end in the credits they were listing what happened to all of the characters in their lives. And so the nerd guy becomes a software developer. He's supposed to be like Bill Gates or Steve Jobs. And he's got a company valued at $40 million. Austin Powers pinky. Austin Powers pinky to the side. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Millennials, just so you're clear on this, just say billion. $40 $40 billion. Yeah. But in... Tw- no. <laughs> it's not... I was going to say 20... 1998. $40 million. Uh, $40 million was a lot of money. Now it's chump change. Yep. I'd take some of that chump change. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> oh, and letter writing. That... Yes. Uh, it was mentioned that Amanda wrote him letters every day he was away. Well, when I was in Japan... We had to write letters. The higher tech version that a friend of mine would do is we would actually record audio cassettes. (laughs) (laughs) So I would tell my friend, I would talk to my friend on a cassette. I would mail that cassette from Japan back to Canada. So it would take two weeks before he got the cassette. He would listen to it and then he would sit down on his cassette recorder and record something back to me and send it back. So I would hear something, oh, a minimum of a month later. So that's how slow things worked back then. <laughs> and it, it worked. That seems like something, like, I can't believe you did that. It seems like something that would be in an 80s movie. And I'd be like, no one does that. <laughs> I did that. That's so funny. I did write letters. I had pen pals and stuff when I was like. Yeah. So I wrote, I wrote a lot of letters as well. Uh, But I just thought talking on cassette was easier. So now we're moving on to, was this movie woke? Was it a joke? I mean, as much as I enjoyed this movie, there was a lot of things that do not hold up well. I've just sort of gotten ahead of myself and said that, like, oh, the main premise of Ethan Embry's character, Preston, feeling like he had a special bond with 
Jennifer I, it just because of strawberry pop tart. I was like, that's like incel behavior. But that was like the <laughs> least problematic thing in the movie because at the end it does end up being kind of sweet, and that's the point of the movie. <laughs> I wrote incel down somewhere there too. <laughs> <laughs> I also wrote down girlfriend by fate or signs. Oh yeah, because he was all about this was fate. This yeah. was a sign. Everything was a sign to him. Like the Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow music, which, yes, I guess that would have been on the radio. Yeah. Barry Manilow would not have been on the radio in 1998. We, okay. Googled, we, we Googled the Billboard Top 100 in 1998. There was no Barry Manilow. <laughs> Brandy and Monica. No, but it would be played a certain... On a station. On a station. At a time. At a time, sure. I guess, yes. Again, this is one of the things where the movies have music that is generally out of date. Yes. And that came yes. up. That came up with Don't Leave Me This Way by Thelma Houston. Yeah. And the kids are all jamming out at the party that Thelma Houston. That's a great song. But those kids would not be watching. There was a bit of a disco. Watching? Watch. Not listening. <laughs> okay, so when did that movie come out? 1998. Oh, yeah, that's pretty Because I'm just like... Did it say what date that was supposed to be? Because obviously maybe it's meant to be set in like the late 80s or something. No, no, no I think it was supposed to be contemporary. Because of all the Smash Mouth. Yes. <laughs> Walking on the Smash moon. Oh. Metal, eh? No, it was Can't Get Enough of You Baby over and over. Oh, was it the same one baby. over and over? I thought it was... So. It was far too much Smash Mouth. So much Smash Mouth. <laughs> But yeah, but I do remember though, in the late 90s, there was a disco resurgence. Disco music, bell-bottom pants, that was definitely a thing when I was in high school, so it might not have been okay. that weird, but it, it kind of was, it clunked in this movie. It, it didn't make sense. As a soundtrack to the movie, it didn't yeah. really work. As a party jam, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Oh, <laughs> one of the things that I thought was kind of problematic was when the, the jock dudes are sitting around and the one says, the future is women, which is yeah. shocking <laughs> to hear in 1998. Oh, but of course, they're being totally sarcastic. Yeah, they're not talking about the political future. They're like, we're going to college to bang women. They don't have curfews <laughs> and they're all on the pill. And it was, let's break up with our high school girlfriends. Oh, so gross. Just that phrase, because people use that oh, in no. all sincerity now. That's true. So to hear it sarcastically being used in 1998 was a bit jarring. <laughs> so I thought the Ethan Embry storyline was creepy and insular until they got introduced to Seth Green character with his backpack full of condoms. <laughs> and, and I'm going to have sex tonight. It was like, oh, that's so squicky. Ew, don't be so gross. <laughs> Jessica, newsflash. Guys are gross. But with a backpack full of condoms and lube and scented candle. Prepared like a boy's cat. Where the candles came from. Gross. <laughs> that was one thing I was like noticing like it was a lot of not that not his scented candle, but like at one point in the movie someone sits down at the table and there's a candelabra full of lit taper candles. How is this a good idea? Either like as a production designer or as a party decoration. Right, yeah, there were lit candles everywhere. Almost burned the house down in that one, oh, one that's true. part. But that could also be a thing of the out of control party 
where it's not the host. The host has no control anymore. People are doing their own thing. And, you know, somebody thinks, ha ha, let's light the candles. True. So, yeah, I've been to out of control parties. So things, things get broken. Yeah. Yeah. Seth Green and his two friends, I think they were so problematic. One, they like, they were oh. pretending to be black. I mean, they did address in the movie as being ridiculous and terrible. And they as almost knowingly... got their asses kicked, which was a good comeuppance. Yeah. They offended the other guys yeah. and and they chased them and were going to beat the crap out yeah. of them. Yeah. Seth Green's attitude, at, well, at the beginning of the movie towards women, oh, I'm going to find some hoes. And then like when Melissa Joan Hart's like, sign my yearbook, like, get out of my way, bitch. I'm like, that clanged so hard. I was like, excuse you. You're not allowed to use that word when speaking to women. <laughs> And at one point she just gets like shoved out of the way. <laughs> but that was her character. She was the punchline. That's true. Uh, nobody was happy to see her. That's true. She was this overeager. Oh, I don't even know what kind of character in high school that is. I thought, yeah, there was actually, I can rem think of girls like her. I mean, maybe not so one dimensional, but yeah, there were people like that. Yeah. They don't call her a bitch and shove her on the floor. <laughs> times Un were times were tougher in the eighties and nineties. The most problematic thing in this movie, I think, was all of the gay shaming played for laughs. Like that oh. stuck out, and like the use of the f word. The not not fuck. We can say that. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. But like no, the okay. gay shaming ones. The like, gay shaming ones because he was trying to get back with Amanda, and then she calls him out for being a total jerk and an idiot and, yeah. and says no way the room goes silent and somebody screams out yeah and it was they like said that word so much and it, yeah. it clanged like well yeah when seth green had his scented candle his friends were like what are you a right like, holy shit like you can't say that and then like yeah so the nerd his whole plan for revenge was focused on taking a photo of this yes mike dexter like gay, in a gay compromising yes, gay like, panic photos yeah exactly yeah. and which i think i, I wrote that down I too that was a heather's reference wasn't it it may be a heather's reference it certainly was the same idea yeah but just maybe like ripping off heathers in in that regard yeah but I mean, even with that, yeah, just it just it clanged so oh, bad on my ears. And when Seth Green was hitting on all the girls at the party, there were the two girls with, let's call it, lesbian haircuts, and he's clueless to the fact that they're not into him because they were probably more into each other. Also, when like the house had been destroyed in the party, somebody had written with Sharpie on like a picture of like the host's dad. I really like boys, and it was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Unnecessary. Well, I mean, that's probably the go-to. Teenage, yeah, exactly. Right. Teenagers. Finally, the last note I had on things being problematic, which is really funny and definitely through a 2019 lens, was when Jenna Elfman was talking about her love for Scott Bayo. Oh, because Scott Baio is now deeply problematic and like a a, Trump, oh. a Trumpist. Don't you know oh, this? No. Like during the whole, like he was the only like quote unquote celebrity supporter of Donald right. Trump. Okay, vague memory of this. I was like, oh, Chachi. Oh, oh, trivia fact about that. Scott Baio. First of all, if you're a millennial and you didn't watch Happy Days. 
you wouldn't know who Scott Bayo is, maybe. Scott Bayo was a minor character on Happy Days. That's where he got his start from a... That was... He was Fonz's cousin. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, okay. Shachi. And then he eventually has a relationship with the Cunningham's daughter, Joni. Joni loves Shachi. Right. They had that spin-off show, which... Uh, one season, two seasons. Uh, Probably was... a couple seasons, because even crap TV shows back in the early 80s got several seasons. Anyway... Joni loves Chachi when they marketed this to uh, sell to other regions to play. They had to rename it for Korea because Chachi in Korean, at least at the time, was slang for penis. <laughs> Joni loves Chachi. <laughs> so there's your trivia for the week. So good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're talking about all the use of as. That was like an insult. An insult. And it yeah. was. When I was in public school, that's how you started a fight. You went up to the guy you didn't like and called him a That was enough to start a fist fight. Well, even in when I was in high school, that's so gay was like what people said. And yeah. It's like, uh, I'm so glad that the youth. The youths are more woke. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's, it's so sad. Like, right. Yeah. So I think that's about all I have to say about this movie. We would announce what we're doing next, except the challenge with this podcast we're finding is that a lot of these 90s movies, since they're garbage, have not been like transposed into an electronic format that's, that's easy to find. So if I don't actually own the DVD from the 90s, like uh, episode one. Like episode one. Episode two, today's movie, we found on Canadian Netflix. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, Netflix, at least Canadian Netflix, is really poor on a selection of 90s movies. So I think we're going to have to like do some bargain bin diving for DVDs or like some dark parts of the internet <laughs> <laughs> searching for some DVD rips or something. Cause, but yeah, we will definitely have something else next time yes so until next time uh you can reach us on social media at swimcast s-w-y-m cast on twitter and instagram or via email at swimcast at gmail.com yes because we got our got our shit together we got and a, we got a, we got a gmail address. i know my phone is so confused now it sends me like things for both my personal and podcast things. I'm like, oh, what's going on? I'll just add that don't look for us on Facebook because... We're not we, there. We're not there. <laughs> it's so 2000 and late. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'd also like to thank Stermonics for uh, the theme music, incidental music, and the editing he's done on the podcast. And be nice. Yes, please. Be nice. We, we have itchy blocking fingers. And, and very sensitive souls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so until next time, I'm Jessica. And I'm Andrew. Uh, we're still working on a catchy outphrase. Because <laughs> we don't have one. No. Okay. So that's it. Bye. <laughs> Bye.
Stermonix here. I just wanted to thank Mr. Rust for contributing three songs to the podcast this week. Check them out on Spotify, Bandcamp, and on SoundCloud. Don't run away just yet. Next up is a duet by Netboy Steve and myself called Lonely Coast. Netboy Steve can be found on SoundCloud. When we get together, we turn on the recorder and improvise. No rehearsals, just making up unpolished gems like this. We should have put swim that see what you've missed somewhere in there earlier. Yeah. But. We can well, no, we're doing episode zero though. Oh, that's true. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh. oh, by the beginning, you introduced me. Oh, and that's why and I'll, I'll say, what's Swimcast? <laughs> <laughs> you oh, can oh, record what's the end of your podcast again? Why is it called Swimcast? <laughs> <laughs> We'll save that for episode zero. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that in a minute. Uh, okay. Okay.
I'm Andrew. And I'm Jessica. And Caroline's in the room. She may or may not participate. The wife. The wife. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> We're bad at this. this yeah. This see, this is why I said we just have to try it once to see if it sucks. <laughs> Before we start worrying about logistics. Yeah. Okay. Try again. All right. Swimcast is brought to you by ABC, the Anunnaki Broadcast Corporation, and heard on Nibiru Networks across the Tri-Galaxy region. Nibiru Networks, holograms so real you can touch them. Like, oh my god!